And we welcome you live here to Night Shift as we get you set for the post-game show. Here as we get your reaction, your instant reaction. UCF with a 56-10 victory as uh, they are victorious over South Carolina State. Eric Lopez here with you. And uh, we'll be joined by Andrew Glukoff momentarily. He's taking, uh, he'll be there, he'll be with us here in a couple of minutes. So the Knights victorious 56 to 10. Uh, send your comments. We'll re- get some reactions there. We'll get you, try to answer your questions uh, throughout the, this show. We're going to hope to be joined by Kyle Nash here in a little bit. Uh, he's right now covering post game press conferences right now, ongoing at UCF, getting set to get going. Uh, there is the year two of Gus Malzahn era starting. And uh, 956 to 10, certainly some things we'll discuss. John Rice, Plumley, how would you think you please? Were you not pleased with his performance? Special teams, some issues. Uh, defense did what they had to do, but certainly curious to see what you guys' thoughts are. Make sure you check us out. Subscribe on our YouTube channel. Here, uh, subscribe as well as first check out on our podcast feed. Make sure you subscribe and to wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, give us a five star review, be nice, and also make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, get some live uh, thumbs up, and uh, give some positive comments there. Of course, you just uh, we had our watch along, our first ever experimenting there. As I now bring in Mr. Andrew Glukoff. Drew, I feel like we just talked. I know. I took care of the dog issue. We're good. People have loved the family, by the way. The family has become a popular hit on the people that watch the show. Uh, <laughs> well, those of you that missed it, check out our YouTube channel. Watch the watch along at the end. A dramatic finish at the end. A dramatic finish. Yeah, the dog peed on the floor. Yeah, She's very, taking it, some medicine that makes her makes her go more. And Luckily, she peed on tile yeah. and not on the carpet. So I'll take that as a win. All right. Uh, so very good. Win indeed. All right, Drew, give me your thoughts. Obviously, we watched the game together. Uh, now let's just kind of nuts and bolts. We kind of reacted live as we were watching the game. But now that, you know, the game has ended a little bit, kind of like for those that may have missed your overall thoughts here now that this first game is finally uh, done, UCF victorious 56-10. to 10. Uh, Well, I, I, I was not as impressed as I probably should have been if I, if I you know, got too much on the hype train. Uh, there was a lot of holes. Uh, the offensive line had a rough day, especially in the left side. It kind of stabilized a little bit as the day went on, but still, uh, you could see the play call reflecting that where on the right side, they'd go up the guard and tackle gaps on the left side. They'd have to go, uh, basically like almost like sweeps to get, you know, runs in unless you had a tight end on that side who gave an extra block, uh, uh, John Rice Plumley, obviously first start in UC- at UCF. People will think, oh, well, he had no no interceptions, 300 yards, four touchdowns. He had a place that either should have been intercepted against a better defense they would have been, or he just made some ill-advised throws. Uh, his deep ball needs a little bit of work, and more importantly, his deep decision-making needs work. Uh, you know, the throw to, to O'Keefe was amazing, the fact that O'Keefe caught it, but against anyone else in the FBS, that's either an incompletion or an interception because, I mean, he threaded that. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff can be worked on. We know the legs. Uh, the legs show 13 carries, 99 yards in the score. Obviously, that 99 yards includes the yards he lost on sacks, which was 19. 
drives me nuts to no end that sacks take from the rushing game in college. They take from the passing game in the pros and they should take it from the passing game. So that his true rushing yards would stand, but uh, they don't UCF's defense uh, looked pretty good. Uh, the linebackers looked pretty good. Uh, Walter Yates, the third had an outstanding game. I mean, he was just all over the place. I, let's see. He led the team in six tackles with a tackle for loss. The second guy on the list, uh, uh, Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste, five tackles, a tackle and a half for loss. Obviously, the linebackers very busy, uh, but you expect that. The linebackers are traditionally your tackle leaders. When the, I, As you know, Eric, what I always say, when defensive backs are your leading tacklers, you have a problem. Do have a problem let's get to some comments here jessica sheldon that was a fun game oh my god our defense is going to be awesome this year uh so very pleased there def- uh, with a the defense there fallen hero the base legend good to see you, fallen hero the base legend long time follower and listener okay w but we need to dial it up more if we want vengeance on louisville how much of how much of the playbook you think was used in this game not Drew? a whole lot not a whole lot um i don't think uh the most of it was was probably kept pretty close to the best. Uh, they did a little bit here and there, but I just to kind of go through the motions. But uh, he he did not really go deep into the into the the, the playbook, uh, not at all. Uh, yeah, apparently we yeah, at least we didn't blow a thirty point lead to a MAC team. Apparently Oklahoma State had a shootout against Central Michigan, one like fifty eight forty four or something like that. No, uh, but that- we did blow bad lead against Toledo in 2002. That was 20, oh yeah, 20 years ago. Good memory there. <laughs> Glenn Duquette chiming in. Seemed like a, Glenn Duquette with a qu- thoughts here. Uh, seemed like a lot of missed passes on catchable balls. Just fixing that makes this a very different game. Your thoughts on that, Drew? Uh, well, there part of it is there were plays where it looked like they were not on the same page where uh, receivers stopped and didn't go upfield and the quarter and quarterback thought they were going to go upfield. I mean, it looked very obvious that it just, it was a case of they just weren't together on it. Uh, That should be worked on pretty quickly. That just takes a little more uh, studying of the playbook on both sides, just to make sure you're on the, on the same side Uh, that I'm okay with. It's, it's, you know, there are a number of passes, especially some easy passes, where were sailed. Uh, a number, a couple of screen passes were just airmailed. Uh, those are the ones. Obviously, the easy ones are usually the hardest ones to to get right, but the easiest ones to screw up. Uh, but you got to make those simple those simple plays. You can't just reserve your completions for the hard plays. Like my favorite completion was the uh, one where he threw across his body, running to the right to Kamor uh, Gamble. Uh, tight spiral, a little underthrown because I mean, Gamble had to stop, but it was accurate. It was straight on a dime. And so he was able to to make that play and get a first down when it looked like the play was just going to get blown up. <laughs> so that was my favorite play of the game, actually, was that one play. All right. You knew this. I knew I was waiting for him. Our friend J.P. Gilbert. Should Blackman be fired tonight or tomorrow morning? There you go. There, look, Drew, this could be a lot of talk about the special teams. And I know they scored. <laughs> They're special, all right. They did score the punt block touchdown, but a missed field goal. You had a punt block. Not pretty from a special teams that I still have questions about. And that is important. It You could argue the special teams was the reason they lost the Navy game last year. And you're going to have some close games. And 
I mean, are we overreacting or there's legit concern here? Am I overreacting? What, what's your thoughts on the, spe- well, I mean, the special teams? No, I think, talked a lot. It's a legit concern. When, you have, when that punt block happened, you look at the line formation. There was basically no one lined up in the guard position. The guy had an unabated to the punter. He didn't even get a, a chip, a bump, or anything. He just went straight on through. And, and so I was like, I, my, my first you know thing you know when I saw that is, what were they doing? Did they not get a were they missing a guy? You know, did he not? You know, did someone not line up? I'm, if that was the formation that was meant to happen, what were they thinking? Because you know, the long snapper is not going to is is not engageable until he gets that ball up and his head up. So he's not going to make that first hit, and no one's going to run him over. They're not going to make contact. It's illegal. So they're going to make contact with the guard. Well, if you have no one in the guard spot, all you got to do is shift over pre-snap, and you're good to go. I, I don't know what happened there, but boy, that that was that was catastrophic. Yeah, that's to me the big concern I have moving. I just don't. I mean, you could say that could get fixed, but man, I feel like our special teams and I, you know, well, everything can get fixed. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Most everything can get fixed. I I don't think you're going to fix Daniel Obarski not being able to hit a field goal. Sure, it was a 44 yarder, but you can't fix him. Um, it, it, you, it, that's kind of a problem, Drew. That's a problem. It's going to so, come back to bite this team if that doesn't get re- if you don't resolve that well, in a kicking I, game. So the question is, why is are the other two guys worse? I mean, what what is going on in practice that Obarski keeps getting the nod for these kicks when you know? He's- well, I know Boomer got was got hurt or got banged up or whatever yeah. Gus described it as. So maybe that played a role in it. I don't know, but that's. You got you got Riker Casey as, as a kickoff specialist, and he had a really good day. Did really well. Yeah, so the question that's... is, why isn't he, you know, kicking field goals? That's a valid question. Uh, I I think there's going to be. I bet you there'll be some questions about that. If not on this on the post game, certainly uh, during the week. Now you mentioned Plumley ran for 99 yards in the game. That, that's net of sacks, though. Remember, that's net of sacks. So we have a, a question on Twitter. Uh, hand, oh, people checking it out on Twitter from Armor Up Knight. Is Plumley going to rewrite the rushing quarterback records? By the way, the single game record is held by Vic Penn back in November 13, 1999, with 122 yards rushing. This is for a quarterback. Daryl Mack, 120 on October 20, uh, 2018. I want to say that's the East Carolina game that he started for McKenzie on that one. Yeah, Mackenzie Mackenzie Milton, by the way, ran for 116 yards in the Peach Bowl against Auburn. Uh, Jeff Godfrey, 105 yards, November 5th, 2010. And then Jeff Godfrey, 99 yards, September 25th, 2010. That's her top five all-time single-game rushing quarterbacks for a single game. Plumlee to 99, already top five. Maybe he's the best running quarterback since Godfrey. Is that a – I mean, Mackenzie was a good runner, but – I mean, Plumlee's a legit runner. Season record for a rushing quarterback, Mackenzie Milton, 613 in 2017. Mackenzie Milton actually has the most career rushing yards, 1,078. Dante Culpepper, 1,020 are your rushing quarterback. Your thoughts on that? Any, I mean, that's the question from Armour and I. Do you think Plumlee, is, is this more what we're going to see? I'm not, my concern with that is I don't think he can last a season if they run him as much as they did today. Well, it's not it's – not- running that many times it's how he's running you can't yeah, yeah. your shoulder in it i mean i i've lived with those injuries that come from those shoulder hits you know i've been on the operating table because of them 
and, and you, the moment you you get hurt, you start even if it's your non-throwing arm, you're going to start compensating. You know, Baker Mayfield. I said it during the game when Baker Mayfield got hurt, and he was you know still playing. You know, you go out the pass, and he's getting hit. He starts doing this because in this position, it's going to keep your arm from popping out of the socket. I mean, it got to the point where with me, all you had to do is pull my arm like that and pop right out of the socket because there was nothing holding it in. Uh, that could happen if you keep lowering your shoulder like that into those hits. You can't do that. That's why they teach the quarterbacks to, to slide. You know, take take a few extra yards, slide, live to play another day. Uh, I mean, you're at that point you're 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 gambling with with some you know with UCF's money at that point on on whether you're going to get the extra three yards or not. If it's third and three and you're getting the difference between it's, it's seven and four yards, slide, take the four, and you got the first down anyway. Let it go. You, you know, unless, you know, unless you're at the goal line and you have to push your way through. But on that, no, no. That, uh, if you know, Mackenzie Milton even said himself, I had to learn how to slide more. Same thing here. You know, the difference is it, it took until Milton get hurt badly. I, you, don't, you don't want that to happen to, to, to Plumlee. You don't have to wait till an injury happens before you actually start, you know, playing a little more defensively. Uh, let's see comments all where Mike Doty, Riker, Riker Casey needs to be the place kicker instead of Arbarski. There you go. Uh, a lot of kicking comments there. Uh, Fallen Hero Base Legend says, I'm glad we covered. They did. UCF did cover, which was important to some of us uh, out there. <laughs> Mike Rakowski jumping in. Damn penalties. Well, I, don't know. well I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, you look at you look at the, the stats. Uh, it's damn penalties. Like 10 penalties, 85 yards. But it was also not just the number of penalties, but it was where the penalties were. They were on big returns. I mean, returns that were getting past midfield, one that was going to be a touchdown. I mean, that's some really bad timing for penalties sure it's only 10 yards but that's 10 yards just in the penalties that doesn't take into account the amount of lost return yardage that came i mean the stat sheet would have been a lot pettier if it wasn't and i just made that word up if they if they tightened up and didn't you know cause so many penalties i mean that's just sloppy and most of it goes back to the special teams you know we're taught when you block you know, you get in inside like here, but you have to let go. And these guys weren't letting go, and the refs were on top of it. The, the, these weren't like bad calls. These were legit holding calls that they were calling. You, you're not you, – don't hold. How much of that, though, is just first games? First game, you know. So, I mean, there's there, there's some of it. You're going to get the first game jitters. I mean, you know, you could even say some of Plum Lee's issues were first game jitters. I mean, it's been how long since he was a quarterback in a, in a football game? It's been a couple of years. So it, it's been a while. So you know, a number of these guys are, you know, it's their first game, maybe the first game of the bounce house. Uh, it's it's a different atmosphere. And, you know, it takes time to really acclimate. You know, you're still gelling with your teammates. You know, you got a lot of transfers. Uh, Tylen Grable, it, 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 you know, God bless him, but, you know, he had a rough day. And, and obviously he's starting for a reason. So he just has to, you know, you know what? Shake it off. Watch the film. See what you did wrong. Get ready for the next one. Don't linger on it. And thank you for uh, the comment. Sam Unger, Big wall. Twelve Nights. Uh, Andrew, I like the stripping on your wall. For those for the audio for the audio audience that may not know what uh, uh, 
Sam's talking about. Can you describe what he's describe? Uh, he's talking about? Uh, yeah, my wife and some friends surprised me and they were going to make this into my man cave before it became my work office. And there is a there are two black stripes along with at the time was the alternate uh, color for for UCF gold, which is actually a little more of like an olivey gold, which was a, one of their official paint colors at the time. And this was done, I think, in 2014 or so, 2015, maybe. Um, but yeah, you, know, you got to make sure you UCF represent. I got a UCF surfboard on that side. I got the, the two diplomas over there that you can finish. Uh, and, you know, obviously you can't see the, the too much of the restroom because this is also the repository of unwanted things. <laughs> There you go. Uh, Sam also chimed in. J JRP wasn't helped by some drops. He played well overall. Your thoughts on that? We're, well, there were the some drops. Uh, Gamble had a bad drop. Uh, Kobe Hudson had a bad drop. Uh, so that that was a little bit with the percentages. But I, I I I look more to the things he could control, which was throwing in a double coverage on deep balls. Don't do that. Stop it. Well, let me ask you this. Watching him now play a game, and there's there's room for there's got to be improvement. I think everybody would agree. But are you more optimistic about him now seeing him play? Are you still skeptical? Where do you fall now after seeing him? Because I know you had questions. Ask going me in. in eight days. <laughs> I'm serious. Ask me in eight days. This is South Carolina State. This is not Louisville. Uh, Isaiah Bowser, 21 carries, 80 yards, two touchdowns. Johnny Richardson, five carries, 59 yards. Are you surprised? By that, um, the the distribution yeah. of the running. What do you make of that? Um, Isaiah Bowser should not have 21 carries against South Carolina State. They should, uh, as we said before, my goal was 15. He had 13 in the first half. They should have stopped it right there, cut it right there. Uh, you have a player who has a history of injuries. He had injury problems in Northwestern. He had injury. He had, he had injury riddled year at UCF. This is a game that he's not needed. Get him a good a, few, a good amount of carries. Thirteen was was sufficient uh, to just get things moving and whatnot. And then let Richardson and either Harvey or uh, Mark Anthony Richards, which neither got a carry. No, uh, surprisingly, I thought we were going to see them, and, and uh, but they did. They never they never got in the in the, in the stat sheet. Uh, but you know, you need something had to give there, and and I I. I I eventually started holding my breath watching him run because I, you know, Bowser is a, is a heavy hitting running back. He's he's not he's not a guy who's gonna, you know, you know, dip away. He's gonna run through you. And this is not the team to be doing it against out in the second half. I really was surprised by that, and I don't understand. Like I don't know if it's just I, I really was surprised. I, I I know me. I'm obviously I would expect Gus was. I hope someone him in the press conference uh, obviously i'm not there this week i'll, I'll be i'll be there next right week. hopefully uh, kyle I hope yeah hope, uh, we hope to have kyle on later and maybe he can uh, tell us that, that, you know, that needs that, to be answered for yeah i can't disagree with you i i really am surprised that uh, johnny didn't get as many yeah we didn't i really thought we would see more guys i understand there were some kinks in the offense uh and maybe gus's answer is hey we needed we need the work we need the work offensively, right, Drew? Because we had heard whispers that the offense, it wasn't like the offense was, you know, going smoothly 
I heard a lot can. of issues about the offense coming into the game. Right. Um, but there's certain pieces I would have removed. Okay, keep the line in longer. They need to practice. Uh, Plumley, I would have pulled out unless he was throwing the ball more. I, I don't want him running. We know what he can do running. That I, I guess the point where it's, you know what? It's just not worth it. You know, because the, the truth is, winning this game 28 10 versus 56 10 in the end doesn't matter. It's a win. Uh, you know, at that point, you're just padding the scores for us who do the pick'em leagues. Uh, but the truth is, uh, we didn't need to see Plumway for for that long. You know, we want you know we needed to see the other guys. You know, we needed uh, Mark Anthony Richards, R.J. Harvey. Man, he didn't get to play last year at all because he was hurt. He, they he needed time, and he didn't get it. And I I think the team lost for that. Isaiah Bowser doesn't need that extra those extra carries. He doesn't benefit from it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Rejoice Knights tweets at us. Uh, we've got to do better against Louisville next week. Uh, your Absolutely. thoughts on the are, how, are you more concerned now about the Louisville game? I would say more concerned. You know, the concerns change. Uh, now it's okay. We have a left side of the line that that struggled uh, against uh, you know South Carolina State. Uh, what are we going to do to help that? Because that's the quarterback's blind side, and you know Louisville's going to game plan against that. You, you just know it. Uh, so that that just screams right there. They're, they're going to exploit that. You know, you've given them film. You know, that's why it's so important, in my opinion, to get starters out. Because, yeah, you want to work on some of the stuff, but you also don't want to give film for your opponents so early in a game that didn't really matter. It mattered in the fact that it, we, that it was a win, but it, it wasn't, you know, style points really didn't matter. Uh, if it was 56 or 35, whatever, it didn't really matter. It's not It's not the difference between UCF getting ranked and UCF not. Uh, you take the win and you move on, and this game was never close. You know, even at 28-10, this game was never close. That was a result of some key mistakes you know, the fumble, that was a freak mistake. Uh, and the takeaway from that is hold on, you know, don't try to throw the ball away. Don't try to be a hero. Take the sack, play another down. Even if it's third down, take the sack. It's not as bad as, as a possible turnover. And then you have the, the punt. You know, other than that, I mean, they had less than 100 yards of total offense. Enough said. Uh, Mike Doty, the tackles not being able to handle the speed rushes also scare me. Your thoughts yeah. there on uh, the tackles there? Oh, yeah. Well, the, there was a couple plays. Uh, on the, uh, there was one sack where the, the speed rushers just flat out beat the tackles. Just And I, we were talking to Trey Neal at the time. And they just flat out beat them. There wasn't any special you know, swim moves or anything. They just out maneuvered them and, and came around, made the sack. You know, South Carolina State wasn't a terrible FCS team. But UCF is supposed to be a good FBS team. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, in fact, supposed to be competing for a spot in the top 25. You can't have your tackles like this. But as you know, I've been very critical of the offensive line. Very critical of them. And they've always been my biggest question mark. Not the quarterbacks going into the season. It's always the offensive line. They weren't that great last year. Because you're only as good as your worst lineman. And we've already seen a lot of issues going in, you know, from this game. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. It's, uh, it's kind of so. It's, and I got to give you and Kyle credit. You guys were highlighting your concerns about the offensive line, really, but 
more than any other media outlet out there. Everybody was focused on the quarterback and who's the quarterback and who can throw and all this. You know, but we you, both played linemen. I yeah. so like I until I stopped growing, I was a center. Uh, I think he played guard. Uh, so, I mean, you look for those things. I always, you know, drift towards the, the offensive line. I look at their technique. I look at you know what's going on. It's just force a habit because you know you do with what you know. You know, I, I was in a small school. We played offense and defense. So that's why I'm always a very linebacker-oriented guy, too. That was defensive position. Uh, but but I always have an affinity for the offensive line, and and I'm also very critical of it because you need those the, the rotation. You need the depth. UCF had no depth last year. The UCF struggling with depth this year. Uh, they plugged in guys from the, from the transfer portal. That's always a risky proposition because a lot of times it's just you're getting cast-offs. You're, that you're just bolting parts on, you know, aftermarket parts. You know, these aren't guys you're developing. Uh, so, uh, and, and to answer the question below, uh, Tylen uh, Grable actually struggled for a while to 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 break in. Uh, they moved him around quite a bit because he was struggling to kind of find his niche, and they find he kind of finally settled in at the, towards the end of camp. But you're seeing the results of it. And, and this guy is an FCS All-American. You know, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that this was first game jitters. But, oh, man, you cannot play another game like that and expect this team to to run the gamut of, of an American athletic conference schedule. And that's the thing. I, what's the, Is there a solution here for the line? And I know you question whether they have depth there. It's not like they have a ton of depth. You can't fix it. Not this year. That's the problem. They, they patched it. You, know, you lost you know, Tatum and Schneider, uh, so they patched it with uh, Swoboda and, and Grable. Uh, the only thing you can do is develop your young guys and, and keep recruiting hard. Uh, you know, go towards the Midwest. You know, get some of those corn-fed, you know, guys. You, know, you need some beef, and, and you can't replicate that. You know, you can find lots of speed down here, but finding beef is a much, you know, much more difficult proposition, and you're, you're seeing that. And you believe that played a that played a role in Plumlee starting because absolutely I, I don't absolutely. think Mikey King can excel with this offensive line right isn't this much more about just as much about Plumlee being a fit not just with Gus's system but perhaps he gives you the best shot with this offensive line moving the football absolutely uh, the, no doubt about the offensive line played a material role in this uh, aside from the fact that that Plumlee has more arm strength. Uh, you get the peace of mind knowing that when the line breaks down, you have a guy who can tuck it and run and be dangerous. He's essentially another line, uh, running back in the backfield. So you always have two running backs, no matter what play you're in, unless, of course, you, you move the running back out of the backfield. Uh, but you you have you have that extra weapon that you don't have with Mikey Keene. And that's not a dig on Keene. It's just, that's just the way he is. And when you have a suspect line, you need a guy who's willing to tuck tail and run. Plumlee is a playmaker. He can make things happen uh, with his legs on that. This is Night Shift here. Eric Lopez alongside Andrew Glukoff. Uh, of course, you're tuning in. We appreciate you tuning in with tons of comments and questions. Uh, coming up, we'll be joined by Kyle Nash. We hope from the stadium with his thoughts and uh, what was said in the postgame press conference. Knights win 56 to 10. You can, of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast every week. 
on the Black and Gold Bannerette podcast. Every week we cover all UCF sports, as well as obviously here on the YouTube channel. Subscribe there as well. There. More questions. Uh, people asking about Jakari Henderson. Is he injured? He was listed in the two deep, but wasn't dressed out. Uh, well, I mean, I saw one of the Hendersons, and it was it was kind of late in the game, so I didn't catch which one it was. Uh, at that point, I we were we were so busy talking to to Adam. Uh, I, I'll be honest, I don't I didn't catch which Henderson. The fourth was. quarter, yeah, it was ext- as Marv Albert used to say. We went into extensive garbage time in the fourth quarter there. I don't want to call it garbage time because, you know. That, well, no, but that was what Marv said when, you know, everybody, the, they cleared the bench and everybody was playing. That was yeah, but, NBA reference there. But it's Marv Albert. The, the legendary Marge, Marv Albert. Uh, weird. Well, the, the weird thing about the game, too, is South Carolina State had that lengthy drive in the fourth, which ate up a lot of the clock. So well, they were also playing against the that, – that was not against the starters. So you're playing against the depth guys. I, I mean, you had a couple guys that were in the two deep for the most part. Uh, you had guys that weren't in the, you know, that were even behind the two deep in a, on the field at the time. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that doesn't surprise me because you're going to get a more balanced, you know, the offense is going to look a lot more even to the defense once you get that far and down the depth drive. You have true freshman play, and that's why I'm actually happy that Castellano's got time because he's not going to have opportunities at other points of the year uh, so much because you know when you're going against a, a tougher team, even if you get ahead, that's when Keen comes in. The best time for for a guy for a true freshman like Castellanos, McDonald, and those guys was to play against the FCS opponents so that the game's a little bit slower for them, that they can acclimate a little bit more. You don't want to immediately throw them in against a uh, an FBS school, even if you're even if you're winning pretty handily. You, you want to kind of bring them in a little slowly. You don't want to risk an injury or risk, uh, a, you know, doing some of their development. What are some of the things you think is imperative they work on here in the next eight days as they get ready for Louisville? What are the things that concerns you going into Louisville? Well, I mean, you can just say any part, any part of the special teams, any part. Hmm. I mean, other than Andrew Osteen's kicking, because uh, he, he, he is a good punter. He actually – is pretty high up in the UCF record books uh, for not only uh, punt yardage, but punt, uh, punt average. He's, he's in the top 10 in both. I believe he was number two or three uh, going into this game for punt average. He's, he's pretty good. Uh, but basically everyone else, uh, you know, the, the kicking, it was just absolutely horrendous outside of the kickoffs. You know, the kickoffs are fine. Uh, but the, the place kicking for field goals, uh, not so good. The the discipline on coverage, uh, not so good. The discipline on the returns, not so good. The returners themselves are pretty good, but you wouldn't know it because they kept getting called back on penalties. Yeah, that's an understatement. Uh, the line, uh, the, at the, yeah. law, the, the line was just, uh, again, I don't know what happened with that punt that when that whole gap was missing, uh, but Either, either that was meant like that and, and it was just stupid. Someone missed coming on. And if someone missed coming on, someone should have been waving their arms or something because you, know, you call a timeout, you do something because you, you let that happen. That's seven points on the board against a legit team. That seven points is the difference between winning and losing. 
not maybe not so much in, in yeah this. i agree no listen i've been concerned about the special teams and and uh that's not gonna improve that's definitely not much more improved and it sounds to me in your tone you're even more concerned about the offensive line than going into the game is that well i've always been concerned about the offensive line but uh now that i actually have some some data to look at you know i've i've, I've seen it uh, that left side whew, look, that was rough so when you write, when we see it on the BlackEagleBetterer.com, your knee-jerk reaction column, which will be coming out uh, after each games uh, throughout the season. Yeah, this one's going to be a little bit later than usual because <laughs> I'm doing this. It's my fault. He's saying it's my fault. I kept them on. We're doing a watch-along where we had Trey Neal on and we had Adam Eaton on, and now we're doing the, the postgame. In other words, he's blaming me, folks. But oh, that's it's, totally Eric, it's, holy, it's all Eric Lopez's fault. I under, we, we, Giving you – Tons of Drew audio coverage here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that, that's what, you know, but uh, it'll be out there. But when that uh, column comes out, I mean, O-line special teams going to dominate that column, isn't it? It's going to be up there. Uh, <laughs> O-line special teams. I mean, that's two glaring areas. And, and you know, the safeties are me. Uh, you know, what was the biggest down. positive? Biggest positive of the night? Biggest positive, man, Javon Baker. Oh man, that that guy is a is a beast. I mean, we knew coming from Alabama, he was going to have some potential, and, and thank you, Kobe Hudson, for helping bring him over. But man, he he just absolutely lit it up. Yeah, he had a very good day. Now he had a couple, he had some, he had a drop, he had a bad drop, but he made up for it the very next play, get, you know, converting a first down. Uh, but he had himself a day. Yeah, he seemed to be a good chemistry there with Plumley. There, Gamble had a good game in the passing game, and you liked how the ball was distributed. I do like the fact it was it was widely distributed. You know, no one, no one guy owned the whole game, and you know, granted that that kind of hurt guys like uh, you know uh, Kobe Hudson kind of disappeared. You, you got to go one. You go with the hot hand you know, or hot hands rather, and if you get open, you're going to get the ball. And, you know, in the case of Baker, Baker took advantage of being up against their second corner. And keeps going against the first corner. Not, you know, enough said. And, and they're going to take advantage of that of potential mismatches that come, come with that. You know, perhaps next time uh, that'll open up for, for, for you, know, you know, Kobe Hudson to do something. But, you know, Gamble took advantage of that in this game because he's a very athletic, tall guy. Uh, he's actually not as tall as the backup tight ends, but, you know, he's still a sizable guy, and he's hard to cover. And, you know, look what he did for Florida last year. He was one of their – I think he was their top receiver overall, uh, much like Kobe Hudson was the top receiver for Auburn. So, I mean, there's a lot of talent there, but you can only get the ball to one guy at a time. Uh, so that that's where some guys tend to disappear, right? You know, Ryan O'Keefe may not have blown up the stat sheet, but, boy, did he block well. He opened a lot of holes for uh, on the outside for Johnny Richardson, including the touchdown run. Uh, you know, as as you know, we were talking with Trey, and we talked about no blo- no block, no rock, and and he did an outstanding job of working to open holes on the outside and, and maintain things for the, those running backs. Indeed, uh, lengthy post game by the way. They've 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 come out with like a hundred players have talked so far in this post game, from what I can see. Uh, which is good. I get you making a ton of players available on the post game presser for UC. We'll see if we can get Kyle on after they're done and give his thoughts and or listen to uh, some of the thoughts on the post game pressers there uh, overall. Uh, defensively, 
thoughts? I mean, it's hard to judge, right? They're inferior offense, a quarterback that really had can't throw the ball accurate at all. Uh, how do you evaluate the deep? Hodges, I thought, looked good overall. I mean, defensively, there's some play, but it's hard to evaluate, isn't it? It's a little hard to evaluate, but, I mean, look at the disruption and tackling technique. Uh, Hodges had a great game. Uh, Yates had a, had an outstanding game. Uh, you know, those those linebackers, you know, a lot of transfers, so a lot of question marks going in. I think that had more, you know, a lot of people were looking at that worse than the offensive line. I think the offensive line, for most of the fans were viewed more favorably than they actually are. But the linebackers were the ones that were under the microscope the most by fans because of all the, all the transfers that had to come in. You know, uh, Ye- you know Yates had an, uh, an outstanding day. Uh, UCF runs traditionally two linebackers and their flex position, uh, Hodges and, and, and Martinez were the, was that night flex, which, you know, goes between defensive back and linebacker. They both did really well. Obviously, not easy. Not an easy position. I think it's the hardest position on the field uh, to master for this defense. Uh, other than that, you know, I, I think they look pretty good. I mean, there's a little bit here and there. I, I thought, you know, I expected more from a guy like like Brandon Adams, but wasn't really there. Uh, I expected a little bit more there. There was a couple of times coverages broke down, but I, for the most part, you know, De- Devontae Brown, uh, you know, they all, you know, Devon Wilson. They, they all had solid, solid days. I mean, they, the defensive line, you know, thank you for Anthony Motago being back in his natural position. I know he had to move the defensive end because they had to have someone they were short. But he's back in his natural position and is playing like it. And you have natural defensive ends uh, doing what they're supposed to do. And, and you know, you're getting results out of that. So, uh, you know, that part I'm encouraged about. So the question is, what do you do next week? What do you do against Malik Cunningham? And my my first uh, thought was Hodges needs to spy him because he. So you would spy Cunningham. You would spy Cunningham. I would uh, because he's got such a propensity to tuck it and run, and you 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 can put faith in your in your linebackers. You know, uh, between Yates and Johnson on one side, and and John Baptiste on the other. You, know, you have good linebackers. The defensive line had an outstanding day, and we know they're a good, polished product. The defensive backfield is a polished product. So, you know, UCF's always struggled against dual-threat running quarterbacks. So you need a guy that can maybe keep up with him. And Hodges has the speed of a defensive back. He can wrap like a linebacker, and he can think like a safety. So you have the triple package there that, that may work against him. Because you need to do something different than you did last year. You but now you have, you know, you've learned. You, you know, it was one of T. Wells' first games, third game is call it call him the defense. You got a season under your belt. You've learned from that game. You know what Cunningham is about. Now you do something different. Well, and that's going to be interesting to see for the defense and Cunningham what they learned from last year. What do they, you know, have the abilities, and then offensively, that's going to be interesting because. With your concerns on the offensive line, let's be real. Even though Louisville was not a great defense last year, they certainly have better talent and athletes up front than South Carolina State brings. Well, you're going to run to the run to the right side a lot more. If you're going to go to the left, do it. Do outside stuff. You know, they did screens and sweeps to the left, but unless you had you know an Alec Holler on that side blocking. Uh, you're you're basically running the right, and you could see from the angles that they were running the holes they were running through. You know, on the right, you're running through the guard and the tackle. 
on on the left, you're running off tackle to the out and, and all the way to the outside. And that's because you don't have faith in that offensive line that they're going to maintain the holes. When they did run to the left, they didn't get nearly as good the results. The only guy that was able to bust through was was Isaiah Bowser. And that's because that's what he does. He creates a hole where the hole may not exist. Uh, but you can't do that, you know, play in and play out and expect the guy to stay on the field. So you have to do something different. And I was think I think they're going to use the right side a little bit more. It seemed a little more stable than the left side of the line. A little more stable there in the uh, D line. Did you like the? What about the pass rush? Can you judge that in, in a game like this at all? D line pass rush. Any thoughts there? I mean, it was conservative. Uh, they you know they did they did a corner blitz. It didn't work. Uh, they end up getting a nine yard gain out of it. But you have to do a little bit there and here and there. But they they kept it pretty cut and dry. You know, you, you, you had your, your your four down linemen. They just did their thing. Uh, defensive ends did a pretty good job maintaining the edges. They didn't over overcommit. Uh, but, you know, you know you haven't played up against a, a, a guy like Malik Cunningham who can make you overcommit even when you're not trying to. That's a good point there. We're going to see now. I'm going to try to see if I can play you guys. The Gus Malzahn portion of the press conference. We'll have this on our Black and Gold Banneret YouTube channel, but uh, let's see if we could play this for you here. Night. Uh, I think we gave up 91 total yards, something like that. Um, you know, they had the short field after the interception and made them kick a field goal uh, with the block punt, which we got to get cleaned up with that. And then they had the, the play, and really that's all they did. I think they were 2 or 16 on third down, so it was an unbelievable job by our defense uh, with that. Offensively, I thought we did some really good stuff. Um, you know, John Rice, everybody can see what he can do with his legs, but I thought he made some really good throws. And, you know, there's nothing like experience. You know, there was a couple of times that, uh, you know, you can tell he hadn't played quarterback in a year and a half, but uh, he'll learn from me. He's a great competitor. Uh, receivers made some really good catches, too. That was good. And then we mixed in the run game, um, you know, and so a lot of things to clean up. Probably the big thing that stood out to me is 10 penalties. Uh, we'll take a look at it. we got to correct that. I mean, you can't have self-inflicted wounds. Xavier Townsend, you saw how explosive he is. Punt returns, a true freshman. I mean, he's, he's got the wow factor with that. So I think we came out pretty much uh, healthy free, uh, which is good. Uh, you know, most teams, I say most teams, good teams improve from game one to game two. The most they'll do the whole year. We need to do that. And our guys understand that. But overall, happy with the win and uh, glad to be 1-0 and and really appreciate our fans, you know, coming out and uh, especially with the weather, you know, second second time to kick off the season in a row. And they hung in there and they did a super job for us. Questions? I know your initial thoughts. I haven't seen the tape yet, but John Rice, what did you like most about his game tonight? And what areas do you think you need to see some improvement? Yeah, you know, of course, we started out with a bang. He made some really good throws right there, and we got in some pace and tempo. And, and you know, we're a lot better in tempo. We got to play. Of course, you got to get a first down first. But uh, you know, he'd like to have the one back that we, you know we got sacked right there, and, and you know, with that. But uh, you know, he'll learn from it, and uh, you know, he did a really good job, and I was proud of him. He's a great competitor. I think you can see that he can create when things break down. He made some really good plays with. His feet on third down to keep some drives alive what did you think of javon baker's performance tonight whenever you add you know transfers you don't really yeah. see the film but you know what you're going to get what do you think of him today? yeah you know he's made plays like that you know in fall camp so we know he's got a skill set um you know he's a big physical receiver that can hold a point and you know he almost made that catch at the back of the end zone too so he did some really good things
not just Javon Baker, but transfers in general, a huge part of it. Of course, you talked about John Rice a little bit. Gamble had a big role in yeah. the game tonight, too. Just overall with the transfers, is that was that kind of the goal for recruiting like your hair is all on fire and doing all that? You know, I mean, it, 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 you know, we got so many weapons on offense. I think each game, I think you'll probably see maybe two or three really come on. You know, Ryan O'Keefe is a phenomenal player. He made a great catch, too. Um, you know, and so we got a lot of weapons. That's a good thing, you know. Uh, what went into the decision-making process of keeping the starters into the game as long as they were the around the you know twelve-minute mark of the fourth quarter? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it, yeah, it was right, right, pretty close to that. You know, it, you saw like we're pacing and we weren't quite as fast as we really wanted to. And there's something to be said about getting yourself in game shape. And so, really felt like we had to push our guys to get them out there. And then, you know, we got a real game next week. I think everybody knows that. So that had something to do with that. Um, you know, we'll see what happens later in the year. But felt real strong that we need to get ourselves in game shape ready before next week. What did you think of the running game tonight between Bowser and Johnny? Yeah, uh, you know, they're they're a different one-two punch. You know, I mean, uh, Bowser's a big bruiser, and then Johnny's electric. I mean, you know, he comes at a different speed. And he made a couple wild plays out there. You know, and of course, he caught the ball and was some real good blocking point of attack on the touchdown too. Coach, a lot of local recruits here tonight. Can you talk about the importance of having those hometown hero recruits in a bounce house? Yeah. I mean, you know, when you when the fans are rocking like that and you play good football, it helps recruiting. It all works together. And uh, so we had some we had some big timers. Um, South did you take that into consideration for this this big win today? Yeah, you know, you look at them and uh, they had the majority of their team back. They won six out of the last seven. They got a really good coach. Uh, so, you know, we, we took them very seriously. In college football, you have to do that. And so we were glad to, to win the game handily. Josh, you talked a little bit about Gamble's, uh, you know, uh, the addition of Gamble on your offense. Um, what about his athleticism really kind of speaks out to you, the way he was able to extend that play for that 30-yard touchdown? Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's like a receiver. I mean, he's a very talented young man that can stretch the field, you know, and, and, and do, do a lot of different things. So um, you'll see we'll keep getting him the ball. Gus, I know there are a, a number of times when I, it looked like John Rice, when a normal quarterback or a different quarterback might have slid, or is that something that you're going to talk to John Rice about a little bit, or is it you just – yeah. yeah, you're talking about that one on the goal line, about the five, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to do that again unless it's for, to win the game. You know, I used to say that to Cam, you know, Newton back in the day and then figured out that you know, he did it all the time, so I just told him run over everybody. But John Rice is different, so uh, I'll definitely tell him unless it's for the game, we're going to avoid that contact. Coach, what were the what, what were you said you have to clean up some things, concerns? Uh, it seemed like early in the game, besides John Rice, you weren't really getting much push running the ball. Yeah, I mean, we got to run the ball better. There's no doubt about that. And there's a lot of things to clean up on the film. And, you know, we got two new offensive tackles. We have our starting tackle that moved to guard. So there's a, a, a mesh, uh, you know, time as far as that goes. And so we're going to have to do a better job in a lot of different areas. And, like I said, we got a lot of new players, and it was the first game. And the great thing about the first game is you learn so much. You know, I mean, practice and scrimmages, you're playing against each other. The defense knows what you're doing. The offense knows what each other's doing. But you go out there and you play. So uh, we'll be able to clean some things up. Uh, Coach, um, last week John Rice said his greatest responsibility <clears throat> as starter was knowing the, the game plan, the playbook, like the back of his hand. How much command do you feel he had out there today? Yeah, you know, I felt pretty good. You know, he's uh, – he worked extremely hard, you know, to play quarterback for us. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts with the 
terminology, the protections, the checks and everything. And the first game is the toughest because you got to, you got to really bring in all the what ifs. You got your playbook has to be huge. What if they do this? What if they do that? What if they do that? So, as the season goes on, it gets a lot more specific. But I thought he did a good job handling the big picture with that. And uh, like I said, he's he's got a chance to be a really really good quarterback. On that bump. Yeah, no, we let him go live uh, in the spring one time. On that fumble return, can you talk about the effort play from Ryan O'Keefe to save a touchdown? I should have probably brought that up first. That's a play of the game. I mean, you know, to be able to track that guy down and save that and it turns into three points, I mean, that that's winning football. Ryan, Ryan O'Keefe's a great football player, and he's got great heart, and he's a winner, and that was a wild play. Coach, you get you get this game done on a Thursday night, and I know you're on Friday next week, but it's a, maybe a slight advantage. Do you see that as any kind of advantage to get it done early and now have yeah, an extra day? I think it is. I mean, our opponent, I think they play it Saturday night you know, on the road. So, we, we, you know, that was a tough one last year. I think everybody knows, and, you know, they're a good team. We're playing them at home, and it's a big game for us. We've been talking about the offseason that the linebackers were a point of focus. Um, how do you think they did tonight? I think our linebackers, I think the whole defense did a good job. I mean, up front, starts up front, and our defensive line dominated the line of scrimmage and allowed them to play downhill. You know, we just man them up. You know, Trav just felt real strong about, you know, putting the pressure on them, man them up. And we got some guys that can really cover. So they had a great plan, and uh, our defense executed very well. Tight end in the fourth quarter, Zach Marsh Wojan. That was not only his first yeah. touchdown, his first catch in a UCF uniform. What do you think about that play? He kept to make sure his toes were inside the line. Yeah, Zach's one of those guys kind of under the radar, but he's a really good player. He does a lot of different things for us. And I think his family came in from California, so that was a real special deal. Coach, how would you evaluate the play of the special teams unit tonight? Uh, the, the, the punt. Uh, block right there. We get. I mean, that's unacceptable. We got to clean that up. I mean, they came after it once, you know, and they almost got it. And so we got to got to clean it up. We got to get the thing out of there when they're where they're coming, and we'll we'll work extremely hard on that. Uh, the punt return I thought was really good. Um, you know, we got the the whole. We had two kick returns close to the fifty yard line. They called holds on both of them, and we'll take a look. You know, uh, you know, our guys are competing and all that, and we'll clean that up. Coach, you have a big game next week against Louisville. How much did it influence you about what to do this game that you maybe did not want to give them film for for next week? No, nah, we were trying to, to beat these guys, you know, and we'll, we'll have a game plan for them. The thing about it, we played them last year. They know us. We know them. So both groups probably have a good plan. Anything else? Okay. Thank you all. And, of course, Eric Lopez picks a great time to step away, but uh, as as you can see, uh, you could see the seething fury rising, the blood pressure rising when that punt block was mentioned. I mean, you could tell he was pissed about it. Uh, Eric, what was your biggest takeaway regarding well some of Gus's comments? Well, I think you nailed it. He's not happy about the special teams. He didn't sugarcoat it. Um, they were not special, or they were not special in the right way. No, no, he wasn't. And how about the fact he talked about he just wasn't happy with the pace of the offense? That's why he kept them. Uh, that that was very interesting because at at times, uh, and I remember we were talking about it very early on. At times, that they they looked like they were going really quick, but that was more in the early part of the game. And he, you're right; they kind of slowed down as as the game went on. 
and I can see where he would be a little disappointed in the pace. You know, the guy who wrote the bo- literal book on the no huddle offense is going to want some pace. And okay, I can see where you're coming from that, but why feed Isaiah Bowser 21 carries, man? There's other ways. Nobody asked him. You can, yeah, no one did. Dang it. You got to get on Kyle on that one. Uh, well, Kyle, Kyle, was, Kyle yeah. asked a question I expected him to ask, you know, looking at the linebackers and stuff. Cause that, that was, that was an area. If you remember during the podcast, I mentioned the line, the offensive line, which he actually wanted to mention. So then he changed gears and went after the linebackers and, and was asking, okay, well, are how are they going to do? Cause you know, this was a brand new unit essentially outside of, uh, uh, Jeremiah and John Baptiste. So I, I, I'm not surprised that Kyle went with that line of question, but I mean, someone should have said, you know, Isaiah Bowser carried the ball over 20 times, you know? Right. They well, asked them about the, about the starters staying into the fourth, but they didn't give specifics either. Nobody follow up with a specific. And no, no one pushed it. And right. I mean, you know, we have the ability of hindsight and the fact that we're sitting here talking about it. You know, it's a little bit, as you know, from experience, it's a little bit different when you're sitting in the room, you know, trying to formulate your thoughts on what question and you have to wait your turn on the microphone. You may not get a second chance. All right, because they, they rotate the microphones over there. Yeah, right? they, they, yeah. You know, they go this half, then this half, and people just trade the mics back and forth. Uh, it starts in the front room, kind of works back. You got to make it count is what you're saying. All right, make you got to make it count. count. Yeah, you got to make your questions count. We've, we've seen we've seen and heard bad questions before. We, we've also heard very good questions. All right, I think we're going to be – we're going to try this, folks. We got Kyle Nash joining us. Kyle, do you hear us? What's going on, gentlemen? How you doing tonight? That is good, good quality. Man. And then look at this. We got Bryson Turner at the end zone here. We got, watch we out. got double. We got four going four corners here. You better watch out, Bryson. If those sprinklers go on, you'll never live it down. This is true. <laughs> well, how long until that happens? Uh, well, in Trace's case, it happened like now. <laughs> it happened last year. I know. This could be rookie hazing for all we know. All right. So Bryson Turner, Kyle Nash, they're at the stadium. Kyle, where are you set up? I'm actually right off the field um, trying to find a place to get some better signal. Bryson had better luck than I did. It's all there was to it. All right. Well, you both look sharp. Uh, let very me start far with... off in the distance there. Very far. All right. Let's uh, – this is cool. Uh, Kyle, let's start with you. We just played the Gus press conference, obviously. But I want your thoughts. What's your th- overall takeaway from tonight? I mean, listen, the reason why you saw a lot of starters throughout most of the game, like a lot of people, myself included, were sort of shocked to see – John Rice and a lot of starters still in after the first half. But I thought about it. This is the first game in two years. I had sent something to Drew that you may see in the knee-jerk reaction later. Bing! That refers to the fact that it was Halloween last year, the last time John Rice Plumley threw a touchdown pass. There'll be some other stats that you can get from the man they know as Stat Boy Drew on Twitter. Don't worry about that. But based on that, I think you were seeing a lot of effort for gelling a lot of opportunity for them to build up. And let's be honest, as the third quarter goes, they had something in common with the 2017 UCF team that was national champions. They would often struggle in the third quarter. You saw that well here tonight, but they bounced back a bit in the fourth, got some time to see Castellanos get some action. Really, I would say that this is exactly what you expected to see with a little bit of extra pepper in the form of block punt touchdowns and sort of things like that being taken advantage of. I mean, overall, if if you're a fan, you should be kind of unsurprised by what happened tonight. And even Gus would tell you there's some things to clean up, as well as the other players in the press, or John Rice himself included. 
Bryce, right, what so was your what was your perspective, real quick? Kind of follow up on Kyle there. Yeah, I was also on a little bit on the shock side to see the starters were in for as long as they were. John Rice even admitted in the press conference that you know he he probably should learn to learn some self preservation, be a little more self preserving, which um, was something that I actually mentioned earlier in the week. Like I just want to see him get off the field healthy, and luckily he and the good news is that he did. And in the process, I mean, he had one of the best passing games in his career. The, um, from what I read in the packets we had up in the press box, he had the most passing touchdowns in a single game and the most passing yards in a single game that he's ever had as quarterback. As as Steve in the press conference, he said he was living seven-year-old John Rice's dreams. And so I, I'm glad that he, that he ended up coming. And I think he really, pro- I really proved himself tonight. He kept that momentum going from the spring game. So, now is so now the real test is going next week faces off against another another mobile quarterback in Cunningham. And Eric, that seven-year-old dream you're referring to was also getting to play baseball at this level simultaneously. Both of those part of the seven-year-old dream that uh, Bryson Turner over there was mentioning. So it was a very cool moment to see. Nice thing that closed the press conference there by uh, by uh, Bryson Turner handling business. Very good there, Drew. What do you got questions for the guys? Uh, so I, I know no one pushed back on on the why the, the starters were out, but more importantly, uh, Isaiah Bowser had over 20 carries in the game. You know, uh, as a player that has a history of injuries, uh, what's your take uh, on the amount of carries that he had uh, at, you know, at this point in the season against this team? And no, Drew, I get that point exactly. You're concerned about Bowser's health. We saw what happened last year. I mean, heck, next year, next week and a day is the anniversary of the Louisville game in question, where we will again be playing Louisville, uh, hosting them in the bounce house. But I think there's a combination of things there that kept him in the game. For one, him getting gelled with a completely, I'm not going to say, well, yeah, I am. I'm going to say a completely revamped offensive line. Sure, they got a lot of returning faces and guys that have played the game a lot, but two transfers starting a tackle, Sam Jack getting kicked inside. We mentioned this uh, on the podcast, I think, a bit, bud, that there's an element there of trying to get that gelling together. And Coach Malzahn even mentioned it a little bit himself. But uh, on top of that, the, the stable of running backs, the depth that exists, listen, if it something did go wrong, I know that Coach Gus feels like there's plenty of talent. Uh, Bryson, so, you know, obviously Kyle – Big offensive line guy who comes with the territory. Uh, as a non-offensive line player, because half of the people in this room played offensive line. So as a non-offensive line guy, and you, you look at how they play, what's your kind of casual take on that? Um, I actually have a bit similar tackles, definitely little bit back limited of course you have the chain from the tackle to guard i believe they were talking about sam jackson i believe that's something that's gonna have to iron the kinks out a little bit the good news is is that i think that isaiah bowser and johnny richardson with their different skill sets are both able to make up for that bowser's ability to just barrel his way through defenders he managed to get touchdown over down yonder based on that and then johnny richardson is um as gus said electric and so he and so i think that he has the speed and agility to uh, dodge any would-be defenders that might get past the offensive line kind of like how he did when he got that 
um, off, and we got that pat, reset, receiving touchdown during the game. So, yes, I do think the offensive line could L, and they definitely need to do that before Louisville as best as they can. But for a first game, I think I think well, and the running backs I think have the skill set and the talent to make up for any potential shortcomings on their end. All right, so let's change directions back to Kyle. You over there, right, right there. Uh, <laughs> so that, that way. By the so, way, Bryson, you're coming in a little choppy there. The, the, yeah, the field's starting to. It, so you may, you're, you're coming a little choppy there. Yeah. So we might need to move you, a shift the, mo- the formation for you there on the field <laughs> a little bit. I mean, you know, you can always call an audible. I mean, it does happen. Uh, so, Kyle, you know, who would you give, you know, obviously defense had an outstanding game as a whole. You know, held the, the opponents under 100 yards, really did. Each unit as a whole did really well. Who would you give your game ball to? Who do you think stepped up the most? Are, are you talking about just on defense, Drew? Just on defense, because the defense had that that dominant game. It's hard to pick one guy. Oh, one hundred percent. But you know, it's funny. I, I asked I asked uh, um, uh, Jeremiah Jean Baptiste about the linebackers' performance, and while he did acknowledge that there's some work to be done, they're coming in fast and aggressive just like T-Will had hoped for, and he gave props to the youth in that group. Sure, he might be a little biased playing the position, but listen, to your point, Drew, the defense everywhere of varying ages and positions got in the backfield to get to the quarterback. You have to love that, and if you're seeing that sort of support, Nikhil Harry even getting a sack at one point, one of the youths in the in the lineup. You got to give the linebackers credit for adjusting like that early on, but, you know, much like, much like John Rice Plumley's numbers, the defense's numbers, it's not like you're going against the SEC in the trenches either, right? But right. with that in mind, you know, that we, we know this is a tune-up game. We talked about it, you know, on the Black and Gold Banneret podcast leading into this. You know, I was impressed by seeing that they understood scheme. It's nice when some of the longest plays were either from a tip that lands in the receiver's hands or a fake punt. So, you know, that that's definitely an uplift for the defense. But listen, I, I got to ask a question of you there, Elo. Did John Rice Plumley slinging around the yard to your content? Did you like what you saw in the air? Uh, I think there's room for improvement. I think Drew and I have talked about that. There's definitely some room for improvement. Uh, but I think there's potential there. We right. see the potential he can make. I mean, that throw, Drew, in late in the, what was it, late in the third quarter when, you know, things were kind of going slog, you know, he hit uh, the big play there to turn that game around in the third quarter. He's got it in him. The problem is, you know, I don't, he's not going to be a razor sharp thrower. If that's what you're expecting, that's not his game. But what he is, he is a playmaker. He can make plays. And I think the bigger issue, and I got to, and I, we've given you credit, Kyle and Drew, you both were on this when a lot of the media was not, and that's the offensive line. And I think we've learned that part of the reason why Plumlee's starting is that offensive line is suspect. And Plumlee's probably the best fit for this offensive line right now, Kyle. Oh, how many times did he escape yeah. after contact? I counted at least three. And, and you know, not to not to get too critical, but there were a couple times where there was an outside edge rusher coming in, certainly breaking through protection. That's not what you expect to see here. I definitely expect to see some work in practice from that. Um, and then also Coach mentioned penalties too, but, like, I feel like that's – that's something that's happened literally 
uh, been a conversation in every game I've covered as an opener, all five of my years covering the team so far. Thus, of course, this being my first full season with the Black and Gold Bannerette, no different. All right, Bryce, so, Bryce, let, me, let me ask Bryce here real quick. How many players were in the press conference? We obviously heard Gus. We had uh, we played the Gus Malzahn presser. Obviously, I saw Rice Plumley spoke. Who? How many players spoke? We had Isaiah Bowser. We had Jeremiah Jean Baptiste, Ellis Um, Baker, and I there was one more defensive guy. If I'm not mistaken. Um, was there another defensive one? I remember Jeremiah. I, I remember Jeremiah. I it was a lot. It was a lot of players, wasn't it? There was like a lot for a single game. I think we heard from a majority of the team captains. <laughs> you heard from the majority of the team. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, that's pretty good. Just bring them all out. And, of course, you can watch all those uh, pre- post-game pressers on the Black Eagle Benarate YouTube channel. That'll be posted as part of our coverage all season long on the Benarate. Go ahead, Drew, with the questions. Well, I was going to ask Bryson this just because, you know, we, we, we hit Kyle with a few. Uh, the f- energy of the stadium, you know, this is your first game in the press box at a football game. You know, give us, uh, give us a little bit of the experience of, the, of the, 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 the energy, the experience. You know, this is new. You know, this, this is your first. Welcome. I know. It was amazing to be up there for the first time. First of all, the windows are ginormous, so it's like you can see <laughs> It's like you could see it's it's like that Lion King moment where you could see everything for miles around except that one shadowy place that had a light that had lightning and I'm like please don't be close to me. It's close. the circle of life. Nicely done, Drew. So, <laughs> so uh, but as far as being there, uh, it's a lot less subtle, but you still feel the stadium shaking up there. And I was I had to like stop myself for a second. <laughs> the, it, you get used I, to it. I, no, I like I felt it shake down here, and it's awesome. But I felt up there, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it goes all the way up there. And so, uh, I mean, it, 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 it's amazing. It's so up with uh, several other uh, journalism contemporaries that I was actually in a a, a, a NSN a UCF journalism class with back in fall 2020. There was um. There was the, there was Drew Johnson with Elite Empire, and then my friend Guy Hooray Liel as well. Both of them were there. We were in the same class together. So the three of us and the uh, resident student reporter there, we all got together to take a picture to send it to our professor. I think we made his night. Uh, so that was so that was fun, and it was just fun to be able to talk with them and all the other people that got to be there with us. Stephen Leonard, Kyle, Steve, Kyle, Kyle and Steve had a grand old time, and. <laughs> And if you look at my Twitter feed, where I kind of provided a little bit of commentary while Kyle did most of the legwork with the live tweeting, um, you can um, you can actually see a little uh, a, a little meet that I right right when South Carolina State scored their first points that Jeff ab- when he visited us during halftime he absolutely lost lost it. At. And, well, and he's leaving out the biggest thing. Like, who did you see on, uh, down on the field there, Bryson? Oh, who did I see down on the – well, we were, we came down on the field at, right around near the end of the game so that we, we could see the end of the game before going to the uh, media room. And uh, we ended up seeing Gabe Davis. He ended up being down at the corner of the whole Oh, time. I know. Yeah, we know Gabe was there. They showed him in the third quarter. They he were was, competing against us. Again, we had, had Trey Neal on. We they brought Trey Neal. And they took Gabe. They stole our idea. Un- gimmick infringement. Hey, 
but they didn't get a selfie with him. No, I did not. It, it's a little bit bit of a mirror because back in 2019, I was a student sitting up right around <laughs> there. During you got Brandon Helwig video bombing Kyle here. Brandon, how you doing? It's Brandon Helwig, the legend. <laughs> great game. Kyle Nash did a great job in the post-game press conference. <laughs> he, he always does great a guys. great I'll, job. I'll the recording later. Thank you, Brandon. Brandon Helwig, UCFSports.com. Make sure you check him out. It's crashing. You never know who's going to come on here on Night Shift. No, sirree. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, we lost your voice, Bryson. You've oh, lost your I voice. It by the locker room, and he, I found Gabe walking out, and I managed to get a selfie with him during his playing days. And All right, all right. We, we don't want to hear about the selfie all right. story here. <laughs> we, we, we don't want to. And the selfie sticks. And the selfie sticks. <laughs> All right. Because, uh, you know, Kyle has a family. He wants to get home. So real real quick, uh, one thing that people have been burning this up throughout here on the postgame, the special teams, Kyle. I mean, not pretty. And Gus was not happy about it. I mean, that's a concern here moving forward in special teams. Your thoughts on the special teams here? Is it an overreaction or is it legitimate concern here? Yeah, no. And I get why they're concerned. There's reason to be concerned. But – I would kind of lean on the, hey, it's a game one thing. And let's let's give some credit, right? There are some people that did some work returning kicks. Xavier Townsend had a fantastic return, unfortunately called back. And really, while it's difficult to watch a punt get blocked, the special teams did redeem themselves. They blocked a punt of their own before the end of the game. I don't want to talk about or analyze a ball being punted 10 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. That's... um. <laughs> That's that was a deal. That's the first. Um, you know, at the end of the day, exactly. At the end of the day, you know, I get why there's concern. Um, Coach Malzahn even acknowledged that the pump block was an unacceptable recurrence and, you know, that there needs to be some things shorn up. But again, this is what happens in a life where your depth is not what it used to be. You're relying on youth and transfers to get things done. But listen, I have no reason to believe that'll happen a second time. There's going to be polish coming up in there. And listen, at the, like I said, if you're going to be able to bounce back and block a punt to redeem yourself and turn it into a touchdown like Quadric Fulner did, I'll let it slide. All right. All right. You're oh, a little more optimistic than everybody else. That's good, Kyle. That's why we need you. You yeah, made optimism. I, mean, I was way more critical. Yeah, Drew was not. Yeah, Drew oh, let man, loose. I ripped him apart. Oh, and, and, and listen, as a guy who, who did a lot of special teams work, as you did, like, I don't blame you, but someone's got to counteract your vendor, brother. That's why I'm here. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, our, we've known each other as long as, as you can drink a beer kind of thing, you know. We've known each You'd other. You'd be 20, allowed to drink. That's right. Yeah. We've known each other 21 years. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense that, you know, you would ying and I would yang. <laughs> ying and yang. And, and like I said, you, you yinging, I don't blame you for it, brother. Drew, I noticed you tweeting about beer the entire night. I want to ask because we didn't get a chance to see being in the press box and all. How was the watch along? Uh, it, it went a lot of fun. Uh, Eric we have a new I, star. Yeah. The new star of the show. The star of the show, the watch along, was Drew's wife. Oh, her, my God. That was the – I mean, the, her commentary was better than any commentary he had or I had, which is amazing because she was in a – it was just incredible. If oh, my God. Fine. You do you, Eric, but that that's a tough swallow for me. I got to tell you. Kyle I have knows, to I have to give credit where credit is due. Kyle knows Terry very well. I do. And she knows that Terry gets into it when she watches her sports. She does. <laughs> it, it is fun. I, I Listen, I see where Elo's coming from. But again, 
being able to embrace a Patriots fan like that is tough. Well, I have to give her credit. I couldn't believe it. I mean, she was well, fired up. So hey, behind me, you can see I have a spider door to the living room that's closed. It's closed. I didn't work, Drew. I, it didn't. It didn't matter. Well, hey, it, let me it, do. Let me do the UCF tie-in here, right? Like, you remember? It's, the, like, it's like the Chinese buffet thing. I give enough MSG to kill elephant. You can't. You keep on going. You can't stop him. You go now. Wow. Okay, John but as the things that happened in the past decade, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> there was a game we went to, uh, Eric. It was Niners uh, Bucks. Why is that UCF relevant? Bruce Miller was still playing for the 49ers. So while Teddy Terry was there decked out in her Bucks gear, whenever Bruce Miller got a carry at fullback, she would lose her mind. Bucks fans were entirely confused. Well, I, I think from that, we, that. Won't, we, we won't do another watch-along unless she's involved in it. That's how <laughs> impressive she was. was good. Something good. I mean, you heard her in the next section or yeah. two, maybe yeah. three. All right, let, let's let's cut. Let's tone it down here. He is a married man. Let's kind of like let's move on on the topic there. Oh, but she was but <laughs> then at the very end. She kind of walks in at the very yes. end of the show, and Lily walks in and to let us know that the dog peed on the floor. Those are the things you can watch on the replay of the watch along, folks. Just as look well at the as last five minutes. That's like the whole thing. the whole yeah. show is alongside Trey Trey Neal, who uh, Drew uh, hit it off with for a quarter. It was great to have Trey on that watch along there. Next week, we need to make arrangements to go see him. Okay, there you go. See, making plans ahead. All right, I like it. Last thoughts before we'll let you go, guys, because you've been there a long time. First of all, the most important question of the night, Bryson, what was the media spread like? <laughs> I'm not supposed to answer that. I am, I am the wrong person to ask that question to actually because I have food allergies. But so I brought you so say de defer to Kyle on that one. You deferred. Are you calling me fat, Bryson? No. Oh. Uh, listen. <laughs> no, no I'm not always man. Man. Oh, man. Press. Tension. Tension over the media spread. What was the media spread, Kyle? What does Drew miss? What did Drew miss? Listen, it's always Mellow Mushroom, mushroom bringing you a good time. My only regret is I'm diabetic, so I can't have quite that many carbs. So, I mean, they still oh. had wraps that were fantastic. Chicken wings kick butt. You know. It doesn't stop me. Hashtag you problem. Think, you have, think you of have Drew. Think, 40 pounds. Think, think of me there when you, you go. eat your pizza and there your wraps. You All right. You think of me. Think of Drew there. All right, Kyle. Uh, thoughts on Louisville. Early thoughts on Louisville. What does UCF have to, have to work on for Louisville? Because there's a lot of people concerned about Louisville now after in some aspects now after some of the aspects of the game tonight. And, and as they should be, right? Because uh, it's a heck of a lift from this team to Louisville, right? And while the linebackers kind of did their job at the end of the day, trying to chase Malik Cunningham, completely different ball game. I'm sure I'll be talking to Gus about that a little bit at the Monday press conference as I preview the Louisville Cardinal game with a, that will be here at the Bounce Palace next Friday. But over and above that, too, definitely need to see a little bit more, uh, how you say, consistency from the line up front. But that being said, I'm wondering if you're going to see more of a balance or I should say a continued balance on offense that'll kind of help relegate that um you know of course john rice himself will tell you that he needs to take out some of the mistakes that happened but he also attributed that to first game rust it's a thing that's happened before and hey it'll be the second week for louisville as well I, I, it's going to be very interesting coach malzahn himself said both teams know each other from last year i would argue that the makeup of this ucf squad is very different 
So I don't know how much that holds, but I mean, at the end of the day, I still feel like Louisville's main draw obviously is going to be Malik Cunningham. And that linebacker core is going to be tested, just like we've been talking about, Drew. Yeah, I kind of hinted even using a potential spy in Justin Hodges who can sure. keep up with him uh, because they're going to be you know, tested and tested a lot. Well, we got plenty of time to discuss the Louisville game and everything else. Bryson, tell the audience what you're working on and what they could find on Black and Gold Banner at YouTube channel here for the post game. So Kyle will be posting all of the press conferences from tonight, the whole lot of them that they provided. That um, and as for me, as soon as I'm off of this, I will be writing up the little recap, uh, little recap of the game while Drew does his knee-jerk reaction. If he has the reactions, I have the more rapid reactions. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. No, wow. I'm, I'm just, I do, I do more of a, narr- more of a, you know, full of points. You do the personal narrative. Football makes me happy. <laughs> What's the problem? <laughs> What's the problem? All right. <laughs> So recap, look for the recap for Bryson Turner there on BlackEagleBenary.com. Post-game pressers there from Mr. Nash there. Drew's going to have the knee-jerk reaction. Gentlemen, this was a pleasure. This was fun. Historic. Po- double. We went double coverage here on the on the, on the the field. Eric and I have been working with each other for over four and a half hours. Yeah, pretty much. That's a lot wow. of talk. Yeah. yeah that's a lot and you know what? It didn't feel like it. No, that's a good thing. That's a good thing indeed. It means we, we didn't strangle each other. That's a good start. No, no, I, it was Adam Eaton asked. Um, <laughs> as you know, I enjoy pushing people's buttons a little bit. You so he asked which, which you know, Bannerick guy I like to piss off more. And I actually disqualified Kyle because I've known him too long. <laughs> because Too um, long? Yeah. That That's just too easy. Too uh, easy. It, it uh, Eric is easier to piss off. Touche. Very passionate. Guilty. And wears in motion on his sleep. But Jeff is more fun to piss off because when he gets mad, it, it's hilarious. You just want to pat his head and be like, "Good boy!" I mean, wow, he's trash talking here. I don't know about that. We're gonna let we're gonna let, I'll close this out. Of course, you can check us out at theblackeaglebanneret.com podcast. Also weekly, check your favorite podcast where Drew tries to set off Jeff for me. That's good on that. Kyle Nash, Bryce, and Turner. We're gonna let you go. You got work to do. Thanks so much for the coverage uh, from the stadium. Honor, joy, and privilege, gentlemen. Till next time, class dismissed. <laughs> Kel, class dismissed, ladies and gentlemen. Kyle yeah. Nash and Bryson Turner. To that, I say to you, sir, do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> and apparently, Jeff's still watching this. Good boy, Jeff. Good boy. I'll let you two handle it. Final thoughts here uh, before we wrap it up here, Drew. Well, you know, take the win for what it is. Uh, you know, it's the first game of the year. There's going to be stuff to work on. Uh, good thing that they've identified the things to work on and and you had a defense that had an absolute monster of a day there was a lot of transfers that came in you didn't know how they were going to gel some things worked some things didn't they're going to have to go back to the drawing board on some things but they have eight days to the next game so they have a little bit of an extended week uh you know louisville is going to have you know their game coming up and then they've got you know their time before so they're both got going to have some film uh, in the case of of UCF, they they know what they're getting in Malik Cunningham, so they're able to actually plan against that. This is the UCF revenge tour. All four games that they you know teams that they lost to, 
they've got on the schedule at home. Louisville, Cincinnati, SMU, Navy. They have a chance to get revenge on all of them. As this, the 2022 season, the swan song of the American Athletic Conference is officially underway. All right, Drew, this was fun. We talked, I don't think we've ever spoke, talked this much together, but it was fun. Uh, I, I went through uh, an iced tea from Chick-fil-A and three beers. Impressive. I had to keep hydrated. You never had to step away. I had to step away a couple times. I have a mini fridge. Right you're, you're prepared. You're a master at this. Well, this I work from home. This is my office. So as I sent a picture to the sons of UCF because they were asking about it, actually one of my pictures, the picture was what spot, helped spawn it. Uh, there is, aside from some beers that I put in there, a slew of monsters in there. And I say, go ignore the monsters and the rock stars in there. Uh, they yeah, Obviously, they don't count. But yeah, usually there's a monster in the morning to get things rolling. Rolling. All right. You're going to use that to help you write the knee-jerk reaction. That'll be it's on Black It's going to be a late night. Late, well, you're used to it. Hey, well, it can't be later than last year. Look at the bright side. Last year, we still were playing. Heck, we were just in, like, what, halftime at this we point? Were year playing, we were playing two hours from now. <laughs> well, actually, I think it ended just before 2 o'clock in the morning. I remember. I, remember I, was, I, over, I, I ended up crashing at Jeff's place because it was so late. I remember we had a night shift at three in the morning on the show. That was uh, and nobody watched because they were all too tired. Actually, shockingly, more people than I was expecting. Uh, anyway, let's wrap it up. Uh, thanks to Kyle Nash for joining us today on the field there, as well as Bryson Turner. Thanks for Brandon Helwick with his cameo there, uh, making a cameo uh, on night shift. Video, there. Bomb. video bombing Kyle. Big news there. Uh, thanks to Andrew Glugoff. Thanks to all of you with the comments and the questions on Twitter, as well as here on the comments section. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe. To black and go banner at.com check them out uh subscribe to the podcast subscribe to the youtube channel and also make sure you follow us on twitter folks that's always good ucf banner at underscore sbn all the ucf news will have all the coverage from football all year long for andrew glukoff i'm eric lopez we hope you've enjoyed this edition of night shift good night and charge on